0: Hey party people, it is April the 15th, Good Friday here in Egypt and the time is now 1145 a.m. I apologize that I have not been able to do this podcast in two days because um, we had an internet problem here in my apartment and now I'm on my way to the Mall of Egypt so I can pay my phone bill because I was gonna, once I got internet in my apartment, we left and I was gonna do a podcast and realize I couldn't connect in the outside world because i need to go pay my Etisalat bill so um i want y'all to know i'm on day 15 of the fast and i'm in it i feel good um i don't you know i thought at first i was gonna start looking like a little hackneyed but i feel good i look good um my mind is fresh and i know what i need to do every day and it's been pretty simple for me to do those things um, so what i want to talk about today is food since i'm on a fast I want to try to see if I can remember some of the foods that I've had and some of the foods that my students have told me about. Um last night we were at the midnight it's is, wait a minute, midnight iftar. And iftar, I F T A R is the word for uh the evening meal after you break your fast for the day. And the iftar is a big event. Like you're supposed to go and eat with Friends and family and it's it's normally a spread, like it's like a Thanksgiving spread. So um on yesterday was Thursday, so like on Wednesday night, no on Tuesday I went to Mall of Egypt and I had iftar at uh Bolfsforus. This um it's actually a Turkish place, but they had an iftar um oh what is it called? They had an iftar um buffet. So I got to go there and try some of that food. And last night, um, we did the iftar at the Museum of Civilization, which was also really great. I got to try some amazing food. So, so far, some of the food that I have tried, number one on the list is koshari. Koshari is a, it's like, a koshari is a, it's like a bowl um is like the nachos no it's not even nachos it's like the 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 fast food of of foods in Egypt it's uh it's uh you can get it anywhere it's the most possible it's the most positive uh one of the the most pos. pos I cannot say this word (laughs) it is one of the most popular dishes in egypt even my students they're like miss you must try the koshari. the koshari. oh it's my favorite miss it's my favorite so what it is is and i have a recipe for it so when i come home i'm gonna try to make it for my family um it's a mix of let me see rice uh spaghetti uh this in this little small round uh macaroni uh vermicelli there's some fried onions in it, uh, black lentils, hummus, uh, and it's, um, the sauce that they put on it is like a thick tomato sauce, uh, with garlic and vinegar, uh, it's like a chili sauce, I can't really explain it, but then there's this hot sauce, and that might be the tomato sauce, but it's this hot spicy sauce you put on it, and that baby, that sends it over the top, It koshery. I could eat it every other day, if not every day. Like it's a really good non-meaty, but feels like meaty meal, and it's possibly because of the um, the beans that they use in it. Um, so that's that. And then there's the the rose Um That is um, that's a dish with white rice in it, and you you add like milk and uh, cream to a chicken broth and then you bake it and you bake all of that in the oven and it's really good you can spice it up the way you want to um a dish that i have not had yet is molokhea. molacheya is a um it's like a soup um and uh it's it's green that's all i know is my students are like miss you must try the Molokhea, Molokhea, molacheya i can't say it but um I should be able to try some within the next couple of days at the iftars that I'm going to. But to my knowledge, it's like a green leafy vegetable, chopped. And it's cooked um, with either beef, rabbit, or chicken stew. And it's served with rice or bread. And it has garlic in it. Um, and one of the things about molokhia that I've been uh, kind of uh, been hip to... Is that um it gets it's prepared differently. It depends on where you are in Egypt. So like for examples, the closer you get to the coast, they normally prepare with like fish or shrimp. Okay? So when I try it, I will come back and let y'all know about Molokea. Molokea. What else? Uh fatah. Um that's a Nubian dish for my brown skinned brothers and sisters. Fatah um is commonly prepared uh during times like now it's a religious dish and it has layers of fried beans and rice right with tomato sauce and it's a lot of garlic and vinegar uh base meals here i think that's why the women's skin is so beautiful here Um, um and on top there's like a meat soup with a large piece of meat um and it's pretty you know it's pretty cool Um, What else have I eaten? Um, uh, Tamea. Tamea. Which is Egyptian falafel. I've said that. Y'all have heard me talk about that. And that's basically, it's like a little sandwich. It's like crushed fava beans mixed with all these other ingredients like tomato, uh, cumin. I mean, not cumin, cilantro. um, And then they fry it up. They fry it up and it's normally served with like a tahina dip and a salad with Egyptian bread. And it's perfect for like a snack. It's a it's it's a perfect like to me tamea is is what I would do instead of like chicken nuggets. Okay. Um and just understand that Egypt is a very um it's a vegetarian culture. Like they don't they have meat here, but they don't eat a lot of meat. Like they just don't eat a lot of meat here. Um then there's the uh kebab and kofta. Um if you're a meat lover, let's get into that. Um it's a must. The kebab here is like oh mm, it's so good, y'all. It's a beef. Uh, no, it's not beef. It's uh lamb. It's lamb or veal. And um The kebab, that's the kebab, the lamb or the veal. And then the kofta is a piece of minced meat, like chopped up meat. And they're both prepared on the grill and they're served with the Egyptian bread and salad and tahina dip. It's very good. Um, Let me see. What else have I had? Um, I think that's it. I've had some dessert. And I had a dessert last night, which was called, oh my... Ma, ooh. it's called. It was called the, the Mother of Muhammad or something like that. I'm going to have to get back to y'all on that one because I can't remember right now what the dish was called. But it's sweet and it's light and it was really good. It had raisins, yellow raisins in it, um, coconut. I could taste the coconut in it. And it tasted like it had maybe a little bit of nutmeg in it, but I know it wasn't nutmeg. Um... But it was really good. It was really, really good. And so, so far, my favorite thing to get is the tamea. Oh, and the um, Frech um, Shwerma. But I'm thinking that Shwerma is maybe more Turkish or Lebanese. I'm not sure. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but that is my my meal um, report. <laughs> For right now um, I'm very happy uh, oh the dates I started eating the dates uh, because of the fast I always break my fast with the date and the dates are very very sweet. I have to be careful because what I'm learning about my body is too much sugar will break my face out like I'm I, I'm, I'm certain of that now because dates are natural but they're very sweet and one night I ate like 4 of them because I didn't have I had run out of food. So I was like, "Let me eat four of them." But I had already looked it up on the internet like how many dates should you eat? And it was like 2 to 3. So I had 4, and the next morning I was like, "Are you serious right now?" And a part of me was like, "Maybe your face is breaking out because you you really are fasting and your body is possibly purging itself of some things." But yeah, one time I ate like I kept eating Skittles and my face broke out. One time I uh binged on like some M&Ms, face broke out. Um I'm pretty sure it's the sugar. It's it's the, you know, too much sugar, not enough water kind of like I'm not balancing that. So, um even if my skin is purging, I know that I I got to be careful about the dates because they are sweet. And I do need to match them. I feel like for every one date I eat, I gotta match it with one bottle of water, so uh, I'm drinking like four bottle waters a day, which probably still is not enough water, but I get so tired of going to pee. But let me say this: water is the only thing I'm really drinking right now, so i uh and because we're fasting and you don't drink water during the day, um I feel like when I'm not eating, I'm sitting, I'm really thinking about how to balance that. Like when I'm thinking about my next meal, what am I going to eat? So like in the mornings I break my fast with fruit, natural fruits and uh, yogurt because I discovered that that can, that normally carries me. One morning I had a whole salad. I had a salad that I had made and I left it over. So it had like cucumbers, uh, walnuts, uh, cashews, Lettuce, tomato, hmm, and maybe strawberries. But that salad carried me, but I was like, I don't wanna have to make a salad in the morning, so like, I really wanna get up, eat, and then go back to bed, and then get up and go to work. Like That's been my, my kind of schedule, because it hurts. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm on day 15 of this fast, but waking up uh, before daybreak to eat is painful. It is painful, especially if you're not used to it. If you don't understand it like me, like, it's painful. Um, So I do it and get it over with and go back to bed. Like, I do it, get it up, you know, get my three pages of prayer in. And I thank God every time that I'm able to do it because um, one morning, like, I think Monday morning, I woke up. And I couldn't even remember why I was waking up so early. Like for like ten seconds, I was like, Why are you up at four thirty in the morning? And then <laughs> it dawned on me. It was like, Oh, you're fasting. You need to go eat so that you can, you know, move forward. And that four thirty in the morning is hard to like there, there there's this voice in my head that sometimes is like, just let go and don't do this. But even more incredible than that is my internal, like, Now let's do this. You got this. The alarm cl- If the alarm clock goes off and you wake up, then fulfill your purpose. Like, get up and go do what you say you're going to do. So that is pretty, um, that's pretty, um, I don't know. I feel like it's a little miraculous for my life that, I, that that's what's happening. Because it's a voice that I've kind of, hmm. Mm, kind of has been on autopilot. But I'm realizing, once again, like I said in maybe the last podcast, that that is a very important part of who you might or might not be. You have to figure out, do you have an inner voice that can push you forward when, in times when nobody is there to push you forward? And I'm realizing a lot of people... They have a voice that will talk them out of pushing themselves forward. They have voices that will allow them to give up. They have voices that, del- that, that shows them that they don't have faith in themselves. And I'm just very thankful that on some level, I have a voice that has been developed inside of me that pushes me. Now... It's not always the best voice because it makes me stubborn. It makes me hard headed. It it, it makes my will, you know, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to lose at things that I feel like I can win at. But now that I'm really aware of it, I'm able to temper, you know, my outside emotional reactions to the voice. And I'm able to also make sense of certain things because there are moments when I want to just do everything. And I believe I can. Like, it's something to me like, girl, go here, You can do that, too. And now I'm able to say, you know what? Quality over quantity, right? So just understand that everybody don't have it. And you might be hanging out with somebody who absolutely is like, girl, do you. But you might have to balance that person very carefully in your life because it's true some of us just have a voice that is like you can do it and and move on and keep it going and you got this and other people have to develop that voice it has to be developed your mind is a cpu it's a central processing unit in your body and it has the ability the capability to be um groomed to be conditioned um, but it takes time. And I don't mean like two or three years. For however long you've been thinking certain things, it's going to take that much longer to get it out of your system. And the more you get into that deep work of changing your thoughts and changing your habits and changing your negative conditioning, the better. But most people don't have the willpower. I'm going to tell you that right now. Just look, just going through this Fasting process with myself, I'm realizing so much. I am realizing so much. And, um, you know, so I am in the, also the process of strengthening that voice, of, of being my own best cheerleader, of telling myself what I can and cannot do and being reasonable about, reasonable about it and being able to separate myself in a way that's not harmful from those who I love who just don't have it. You know, everybody just don't have it. And they want to sit and they want to talk to you and they want to drain your energy. And they don't even realize they're draining your energy. But at a point now, I'm like, no, we can't do this. Because until you get to a point of really understanding how to actualize your self-love. Once again, let me say that. Until you get to a point to where you understand how to actualize your self-love. We're not going to be on the same page anyway. We're not on the same path. We're not on the same journey. We're not even on the same street. So um that's kind of what i'm realizing is that all my life i've been um trying to fit in when in actuality i stand out um and i'm thankful for that and there's no guilt associated with it there's no um i don't want to hide it anymore you know i don't want to hide it and it's not a boastful thing it's just a realization you know, you, you, you want to realize how special you are. You want to realize how unique you are. You want to realize that you came here with a purpose. God has a certain purpose for you. And you got to evolve yourself in that purpose. And most people, we just don't, we don't have it. And I was one of those people who, once again knew i had it but could never like verify you know uh i had a lot of codependency issues so many codependency issues where i needed other people to kind of help me you know to tell me you know what i was good at and um sometimes it worked for me sometimes it did not most of the time it worked But the results were something I wasn't satisfied with because it was always at the expense of me giving up a certain part of myself so that I could see myself through the eyes of other people. Um, So, you know, that's what that's what this is. Um, This is that moment where I'm flourishing. This is that moment where I'm showing gratitude. This is that moment where I live in the is and not in the what if. This is that moment where, you know, God got me because God be me. This is that moment where everything is working out for me right now. This is that moment where I claim things and I command them in the name of Jesus, God, the the, the, the cosmos, um, the power that lives in me. This is that moment where I just keep thanking God. You know what I mean? Like, I just keep thanking God and I trust in the process of my faith. And... Um, I understand that every day I get up and I serve these children and the world serves me. And um, I'm really, really surrendering to the pain and the pressure of uh, in order to have peace and power. I'm surrendering. I totally throw my hands up. Father, I stretch my hands to Thee. you know what I mean? So this is me 15 days into a um, fast and tomorrow is no guarantee that I will feel this way. Because I'm telling y'all, one day I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I had a whole conversation with myself like, what in the the hell are you doing, Kamika Spencer? And I just had to go lay down. You know, there's a lot of that now. Like, I'm getting so much rest. I just go lay down. When that little voice comes in, I'm like, girl, we finna go to sleep. Rockabye baby, on the treetop. Uh, because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Love is the answer. That's all I know. So, you know, I'm I'm convinced that I'm teaching the best kids on the planet. I've always taught the best kids on the planet. I've never um been um mad about being a teacher. But it's very important for me to move into the next phase of my life. And this process is really helping me to see that and helping me to claim new territory and helping me to know what I want and not settle for anything less than that. And in every day, in every way, I'm growing better and better. So um, that's what's happening in the parking lot. I hope you all enjoy this um, update. And we're moving forward. Be good. Be good. Be good be God. Peace.